Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 111 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. How's your relationship with food going today? Is it pretty complicated? Well, you're in the right place. Certainly, many people listen to this show who've had a complicated relationship with food for a very long time. I'm wondering if that's you. Well, I have a letter today from someone who has had a complicated relationship with food since she was a child. And now that she's a grown up, she's noticed by looking back, you know, taking a bird's eye view or taking a step back, that certain times leads to certain eating behaviors. And having that information is super powerful, but also, really scary when you know those types of situations are going to happen again. I can't wait to share this letter with you because although this person's like transitions are going to be unique to this person, that experience kind of having those wise nuggets of information are really common to have 
And the more of those nuggets you have, I think the more insight you'll have into what you actually need. I think our relationship with food is a wonderful window into things like our unmet needs. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by my Fat Positive Dietitian t-shirt and um, other things. <laughs> so I went to a couple conferences in the fall of 2017, namely the Food and Nutrition Conference and Expo. It's like the Super Bowl for dietitians. And then also the Binge Eating Disorder Association Conference. Wearing a Fat, pi- fat Positive Dietitian t-shirt, I had so many of you ask where you could get one. If you're listening and you're not a dietitian, some insight to give you is there's a lot of dietitians also struggling with a relationship with food, so they listen to this podcast, and or they want to learn some more ways to help people with their relationship with food, so they listen too. So if you are one of those listeners or you have a dietitian that you would love to gift a fat-positive dietitian t-shirt, check out my line of fat-positive items. You can get to it by going to teespring.com slash fatpositivedietitian2018. All the proceeds from this line help benefit Love Food. It's a labor of love and it's not free. I always want to allow this Love Food podcast to stay free. So things like this allow me to keep the show going and going and going. (laughs) So if you do enjoy this episode of the Love Food podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could leave me a rating or review. Doing so helps more people find this podcast, and you can also share it with a friend. You know, there's so many times where I'm listening to a podcast, and right in the middle of the episode, I just push the share button. I believe it's three little dots on the bottom there. I push that, and I push share, and it allows me to just text it or email to me, email the episode rather, to a friend. And by doing things like that, it helps more people find the show. There's something with the algorithm in iTunes. So anytime you can share it or subscribe or leave a review, it helps more people find the show. The reason why I'm so passionate about asking you for these reviews is because I want everyone to feel at home in their own skin. So let's help other people find access to food peace. All right, enough of that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, for as long as I can remember, I have had a difficult relationship with you. When I was a child, my parents praised me for not being fussy, but also disapproved of me not liking certain dishes. This taught me to appreciate many different cuisines but also tied my sense of self-worth to eating whatever was on my plate. My father has always been overweight. I've watched him multiple times trying to restrict his intake of you in the attempt to lose some weight and eventually gain it all back and more. He also had a passion for stealing my food. If I got up to go to the bathroom during a family meal, I would come back and find him stealing you off my plate. One time he found five delicious chocolate bars I received for Christmas and ate them all. I was nine, dreamt of becoming the new Willy Wonka and would eat only one small square of those bars a day to make them last and really understand their flavor. Stealing them, he hurt my feelings. In the family, we said he just couldn't control himself. And eventually my mom and I started hiding our treats from him because if he found them, he would finish them in one go. 
leaving none for us. Twelve years ago, my father developed some some pathologies that are partly related to his lack of good nutrition and physical activity and to his love for tobacco, chronic arthritis, high blood pressure, bad circulation, prostate cancer, and eventually respiratory distress. He is currently hospitalized and disabled. My teenage years and college years have been marked by the idea that I had to have self-control around you food, or I would get cancer like my father did. Of course, because you were taken away from me and also tied to my self-worth, you were also special to me, and I used you to soothe my anxiety. I was 15 when I went on my first diet. I stopped eating all complex carbohydrates and lost a bunch of weight. I gained it back during my high school diploma, eating out of stress and not exercising much. When I moved out to attend college, all of a sudden I had my space and did not have to hide you food. I also had no idea how to act around you. I would binge on biscuits, almonds, fruit, salted peanuts. I felt fat, out of control, disgusting. Then I took up running. I trained for a 10K race, then for a marathon. I loved it at first, but then I started restricting my calories. I developed a yeast infection and a doctor advised me to cut out X and X, although I should have probably looked more into stress management. I lost more weight, but still had an average build, especially for Italian standards, since many Italian women are very thin, so nobody got worried. I then moved to the UK, where I took up weightlifting, and that's when things started spiraling downwards at a faster speed. I manically counted calories, was obsessed with gaining muscle, but feared gaining fat. I started binging more often. When my boyfriend broke up with me, I upped my training to seven days a week, restricted my intake even more, and ended up with a toned body, but that came at a price. My period stopped. My hair started falling out. I could not sleep. I was anxious and depressed. I realized I was going to truly hurt myself that way. I bought the book, Intuitive Eating, and I stopped counting calories. I stopped going to the gym because it started giving me anxiety. I moved back to Italy. I gained weight and lost muscle, and this scared me. I started dieting again, got obsessed again, gave intuitive eating another try. I was on this cycle four months on, four months off for two years. Now I'm done. As of three months ago, I am living abroad again, and I am really focusing on my relationship with you. I stopped counting calories, over-exercising, and I haven't been binging or compulsively overeating. I welcome you with a smile and say goodbye with a smile when I have had enough of you instead of stuffing my face in horror. I took up an almost daily yoga practice and I focus on well-being rather than on aesthetic or performance goals. On the days I feel out of touch with myself or with you, I journal. I feel we are really starting to get along, food. But here's the problem. I'm scared of going home. I'm afraid that when I'm back to Italy, I will start eating or starving my emotions away again. I'm scared I won't be able to cope with my father's illness and with my own insecurities. I'm afraid I'll end up on that food trance that kicks in when I'm under stress and can last for months, in which I just devour anything I see and then desperately try to burn it off. I like my body so much now, food, although it is no different than four months ago, just because you and I can now have a normal conversation. I can't give that up now. I can't lose you again. I thought of going back to therapy, but not knowing where my job and studies will take me, I'm afraid I'll have to interrupt the relationship with my therapist again, and I don't want to go through that. 
Food, you've been around for a while. You've seen it all. Please give me some advice. With love, scared, but hopeful. Hey there, scared but hopeful. Thank you so much for your note. And I have to tell you, brave one, you are so insightful. Something that is so tough about having gathered that amazing insight is it can leave us feeling super vulnerable. We can see a few steps ahead and see what possibly could be around the corner. And gosh, that's so scary. So very scary because you've been through it. You've been through the ringer with diets, with your relationship with food, how you experience illness and your body image. And holy shit, you see the the stuff that could happen again. And if you're willing, and it seems like you are, but if you're willing, I would encourage you to stay in that vulnerable space because staying in that vulnerable space allows you to know that there are some predictable outcomes in certain life situations for you. And there's probably someone listening, it may be you, that has a very similar trouble with shifts in her life. You describe it as a food trance, and some people may call it the same thing, or they may refer to it as this zone or checking out, disconnecting, or numbing out. It also could be just a way to distract. And all of those things are correct. There could be so many different ways to talk about it. But for you, letter writer, when you're in these tough spots in your life, food has been a wonderful, reliable, consistent distractor. And I get a sense that you've outgrown that need. You don't want to use it anymore. And that's why if you're able to stick with that vulnerable space of knowing that's how in the past, that's the pattern that has developed, I think it could be really an interesting experiment for you because I think it'll tap into your own innate wisdom that I don't have, no therapist will have, just you will have on what to do next. I believe that when we have a complicated relationship with food, whether it's restricting, binging, purging, over-exercising, whether it's having tons of bad body thoughts, any of those, I think they come in at certain times. I think they come in at really important times. And I think they're there to symbolize some kind of unmet need. So as you're preparing to make a transition, moving back home again, I would consider when you feel the trance coming closer, when you feel the craving to make some jabs on your body, or you feel any of the other kind of behaviors that you know are slippery for you, to stop, to let yourself pause and ask yourself, what, what's going on right now? And it may be something obvious, like obviously I'm packing my apartment up to get ready to move or making some decision, but it may not always be that obvious. And then ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? Or what am I experiencing? Or what am I picturing? Kind of depends on how your brain's wired for that one. And then when I'm in this place, experiencing that, feeling that, thinking that, what do I, what do I need? Because I think there's an unmet need there. 
we all have stress and and transitions. We all experience stress with chronic illness. And there's needs that we all need to meet during those times. And like I said, I think food kind of helped numb you out and distract you because that was some really challenging shit you had to go through. And we're all going to have more challenging shit ahead, right? So in those moments, only you will have that answer to what is the unmet need. And the unmet need may be support. It may be comfort, acceptance, peace. And as you discover what that unmet need may be, I would look to your past and try to connect some dots on how you've met that unmet need before. You know, there may have been a way like seeing a therapist or calling a friend. There could be a bunch of different things that you've done. Maybe it's even listen to music or draw or, um, I don't know, so many different things. <laughs> Climbed a tree. I, I, I could go on and on. There's so many different things that may help you meet that need. I know yoga has been something that's given you a lot as well as your therapist. So maybe those are good places to start. You know, all those questions I just went through, you know, what do you need right now? How have you met that need in the past? Those are techniques that I learned from a fellow dietitian. Her name's Dr. Barbara Bersinger, in case you're wondering where I got it from. I didn't invent it. And she's someone that uses that in this method called food decoding. Super exciting tool. And so there are some practitioners like myself who use it with clients individually when we're meeting one-on-one. But those are kind of the simple, quick and dirty kind of questions you can ask to do it on your own. And I wonder what is that unmet need? So I feel like while we're in this place, I need to do just a little bit of fact-checking. I'm not a journalist, but you know, when you put in your note, um, it's definitely your lived experience. And I always want to respect that. And you mentioned some of the things that your dad's experiencing with his health which I'm so sorry you're experiencing that. Chronic illness is such a tough experience on everyone, not just the person experiencing it. So I'm so very sorry that you're experiencing that. And you mentioned the connection that you have with his size, with things like prostate cancer, arthritis, high blood pressure. And you probably could see this coming. But if you're not seeing it coming, I just want to throw a little wrench in there. Linda Bacon is someone who has said in the past that saying our weight causes all those conditions is like saying cancer is caused by yellow teeth. Certainly people who smoke have yellow teeth because of inhaling the smoke and lung cancer has been connected to smoking. But the yellow teeth really have nothing to do with the cause. There's just a relationship there. And I would encourage you and anyone listening that's connected body size to health to think of it like the yellow teeth. You know, the size, there may be a relationship. And I think it's a lot like the yellow teeth. You know, sometimes there's a condition going on. Maybe it's marginalization, poverty, it's trauma. There's many different reasons why people are experiencing hardships, especially walking this earth in a larger body. That may explain those conditions. And certainly all those conditions you describe can also exist in people in smaller bodies. So I just want to throw a wrench in it because you and anyone listening, 
just because you may be in a larger body, that doesn't mean it's going to cause disease. There may be a relationship there. We haven't fully explored that in research because there's been too much correlation equaling causation with size and weight research. But just remember, it's kind of like the yellow teeth. So moving on, one of the last things I want to mention, you said, you know, your therapist really helped you in the past. And something that's so tough to experience is terminating a relationship with your therapist. I'm kind of smiling right now, not because it's pleasant, because I've experienced the same thing. It's so hard to do that. But people move on, they get as much as they can from a therapist, or they move, or the therapist is no longer working, something like that. And we need to terminate the relationship. And oh, that is so tough. And it's part of normal relationships. Relationships end sometimes. And, you know, I have a feeling your therapist would be willing to work with you, even if it's for a few sessions. Something that I know some therapists do that is amazing is they'll record some audio meditation, some guided imagery that clients can take with them. So maybe if there's certain things that you know, certain unmet needs that you may have with this transition moving home, maybe you guys can even come up with your own guided imagery. How cool would that be? So then you can just use it in those times to help you meet those needs. And there may be longer time periods than you're thinking. So you can see that that therapist. And I know even just one or two sessions may be enough to help make the transition that much better. The other option, because we live in this world where we have online access to programs and support systems, is I would point you in the direction of some online providers there's two in particular, actually no, three in particular that I would recommend. One is Christy Harrison. She has an intuitive eating fundamentals course. Also, Erica Leon has an intuitive eating 101 course. And Paige Smathers also has her own intuitive eating course. So there's three different dietitians who really get the whole intuitive eating and making peace with food and recovering. Like they get that whole piece and they can help support you through their own course and the supports that are in a part of their course. So we'll put um, links to all those in the show notes just so you can peruse them and anyone listening in case you're curious about them. They're excellent and they are providers that I, I trust too. So I hope those help. All right, letter writer, I see food has written back, but you know what? I would love for you to keep in touch. Let us know how the transition is going. Let us know what unmet needs you find and discover and what actually helps you in those moments. I'll be sending you positive vibes along the way that things go smoothly. And keep in mind that I know you feel like you have to have self-control, that you feel like you have to have your shit together. You don't have to have your shit together. We all don't have our shit together. It's all smoke and mirrors, honestly. So even in those transitions, when it gets messy, remember you are just as worthy and you are just as deserving as of food and nourishment, figuratively and literally. All right. Before we sign off, this episode of the Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my Fat Positive Dietitian t-shirt series. You can get to the product and all the different options by going to teespring.com slash fatpositivedietitian2018. If you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would appreciate a rating and review. You can click on it now in iTunes and just scroll down a little bit and you'll see a spot to do that. 
or you can click on the show notes and we'll take you right there. All right. Like I said, letter writer, keep in touch and take care. Dear scared, but hopeful. Our relationship has felt like a labyrinth, twisted, dead ends that self-correct by trying again and solutions by the bigger picture. Transitions have complicated our relationship and we see more changes ahead. It's okay to get messy on this part of the journey. And we food believe the mess provides insight to your own innate wisdom. At the bumps in the road, pause. Consider what you need and practice compassion when answers are tough to understand. Brave one, we know you're fearing change. But yet all you need to continue on your food peace journey is already within you. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.